Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radamic. Berto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Thank you so kindly for being out here. Welcome aboard. Paul Fleming checking in from ATL. And, of course, we have uh, Michael Rudnins checking in as well. Michael, I hope you are feeling much better, sir. I hope you're feeling much better. Of course, we also have Bridge MCP. Bridge MCP. Welcome aboard. And... Indiana Bones. I like that. I like that conflation of letters. Indiana Bones. And of course, there's the duck that quacks. We have people out from YouTube, Facebook, and I think I see one Periscope. Lee Grant, how you're doing, my brother Lee Grant? Welcome aboard the show. Great to see everybody. Uh, we are going to have a great show for you today. We're going to have a great show. Have you been watching the the hearings? I've been watching the hearings, and there are times I want to pull my hair out. There are times I'm sitting down, and I'm just saying, what? Are you kidding me? Look, this we are in some crazy, crazy times. Uh, look at the amount of time that is spent back there trying to put a judge in. Welcome, Pamela Mattox from Kentucky. Welcome aboard. Man, we have Kentucky, New York, Pennsylvania. Uh, South Carolina, we got people from everywhere here, my brothers. Hey, just, you know what, everybody, just go ahead and put your, your city in. Uh, just drop one-liner, city and city and state that you're in. I'm curious to see where everybody's from. That is sort of, of a fun thing I like to do, a lot of fun thing I like to do. So let's see. So we have Pamela Matax from Kentucky. We have uh, Protex Blue from South San Francisco Bay Area. And I let's see, we have Norman Reynolds from Katy, Texas. Man, we're all over the place. Come on, folks, keep telling me where you're from. Keep telling me where you're from. Love to hear it, love to see it, love all of that kind of good stuff. Karen Wright, vote blue from Michigan. Vote blue, absolutely. Nanette Bird Smith, Cape Coral, Florida. Marianne uh, Porter, uh, Truckee, California. Indiana Boss, Maja Mojave Desert, California. Man, you hot, brother. You hot. Michael Rudney, New York City, New York. Michael D. Newton, Richmond, Indiana. Bridge MCP, Long Island, New York. Lee Grant, Egypt, Texas. Tim White, Waitsburg, Washington. Man, we are all over the place. Love you all. Thank you so kindly for being here. Please be a part of the discussion. By the way, you can always call in, type in, whatever. Don't forget to hit that join button, be, become a part of the family. Anyhow, folks, let's see what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. But majorly, you know we're going to start with the Supreme Court Justice. Karen Roberts is from Brentwood, Tennessee. And the reason we have to hit the Supreme Court, we have to hit that one up. Because we have to use that as a platform for whatever we are going to have to do for corrective measures after we have a landslide on November 3rd. Notice I am not displaying any fears. Notice I'm not equivocal. I'm, I'm unequivocal. Right? Notice what I'm saying. Notice what I'm saying. Well, what happens, um, Protex, is that we have people on Facebook Live. We have people on YouTube Live. We have people on... Um, on uh, Twitch Live, and we have people on Periscope Live, and all of that I have in one, uh, all the messages from that come into one location here, if they're on the particular page, so that's what's happening. Okay, let's see, uh, what else is there? Okay, so, yeah, so that, that is what we're doing. Now, I want to do tell you one thing, Protex, we want to build a bigger base on YouTube, Right now, our biggest base is on Facebook, so we get about three, 4,000 people watching every particular episode. We'd like to migrate, not migrate, we'd like to add that to that kind of coverage to Periscope, that kind of coverage to Twitch, that kind of coverage to uh, the other platforms. But one person trying to do all the marketing is difficult, so you guys can help by always sharing our stuff. Tell people about a show that you like, and tell people they can become a part of the show. As you notice... Uh, people, if, if you have a story to tell, like I always tell everybody here, this is your program. So therefore, you have a story to tell. Talk to me. Give me a call or whatever, and, I, and we'll arrange to have an interview so that you can get your message out because that is how we all really get to change, right? 
A lot of times we are watching from below this hierarchical scheme that we're watching from below how other people make changes for us and we don't get our message out as far as this is what we really want to be doing. And then you find out there are a hundred thousand other people that think like you. You know, they see a hundred other thousand people. So your voice should always be heard. Anyhow, anyhow. Uh, folks, please go ahead and hit that join button. Become a member. Uh, our member base is growing by several people every day. We need to. We, we really want to get a a, a subscriber, a, a membership base. We have a subscriber base on YouTube of over eighteen thousand, but we'd like to get a membership base of over five thousand on YouTube as quickly as possible. We're nowhere close to there, but. We're growing. We're getting there. You can all be a member by just clicking join and going through the other platform. Anyhow, let's get busy. Title of the show today is Scotos Nominee, meaning Supreme Court uh, of the United States Nominee uh, is in da- is a danger. Georgia Senate candidate is here with us, Tamara. And Ted Cruz outsmarts himself. Scotos Nominee Amy Coney Barrett is a Danger to most Americans that do not fit a certain profile or religion. Tamara Sheila updates up on her Senate campaign and sad Ted Cruz. Amy Comey Barrett is a meek woman that seems inconsequential to one's life. You listen to her speak. She sounds nice. She's, in, she's very, very intelligent. There's absolutely no doubt about it. This woman is very smart. She's very intelligent. Welcome aboard, Lisa S. Where are you from? Just put your city, state, so I can tell folks where you're from. Um, again, this woman is very smart. Okay? No doubt about it. That said, but if you do not believe that, let me tell you a lot more. She's a danger to your freedoms, though. She's a danger to your freedom. She's meek, but dangerous. That's what it is, Breach. She's meek, but dangerous. That's topic numero uno. Topic numero dos. Ted Cruz outsmarted himself. And the commentary that I'm going to play for you, Lisa is from Blue in PA, Pennsylvania. Ted Cruz outsmarted himself with his commentary. It wasn't solely hypocrisy, but cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance. Democratic lawmakers raise alarm over Esper's refusal to rule out deploying troops during election. Can you believe that? Yeah, it's true. We'll check out that article at the end. And of course, there's Tamara Sheila. Today is Wednesday and she decided to show up today. So we did a little quick quick interview just to kind of get a little feel for how the campaign, what she's seen on the road in Georgia, which many times reflects a lot of the southern states. So we'll talk to her as well. Anyhow, let's get busy and listen to this meek, very smart woman that will be our next Supreme Court justice, assuming nothing else or assuming something doesn't go wrong. I can't see what would go wrong, but listen to this and then we'll talk about it on the other side. There's an election going on. People are trying to vote. The president continues to lie about paper ballots saying that they are fraudulent, people shouldn't use them. There's still long lines, unforgivably long lines, for people who just want to exercise their right to vote, the governed who want to give their consent, Senator Cornyn. There's a battle royal over the Postal Service and whether it's going to be implicated in some effort to slow down or stop ballots from being delivered. One ballot collection box in Harris County, Texas, for more than four million people, one box, It's pretty clear what's going on here. It's an effort to make it difficult to vote. Historically, the Republican Party is starting using a tactic of discouraging voters. So I want to confine my questions at the outset here on the question of voting. And let me start with a summary of one of the exchanges yesterday here in the committee. Senator Feinstein, who said President Trump made claims of voter fraud and suggested he wanted to delay the upcoming election. Senator Feinstein then asked you, does the Constitution give the President of the United States the authority to unilaterally delay a general election under any circumstances? Does federal law? Your answer. Well, Senator, if that question ever came before me, I would need to hear arguments from the litigants. 
read briefs and consult with my law clerks, talk to my colleagues, go through the opinion writing process. He went on to say you didn't want to give off-the-cuff answers like a pundit, but rather approach matters with an open mind. Is that still your response? Senator, I've given that response to every hypothetical that I've been asked. So I guess what troubles me is this. You style yourself an originalist, textualist, factualist, whatever the term is, which means you go right to the words and try to understand the words and their original meaning. And so if I change Senator Feinstein's question and didn't ask you whether the president has the authority to unilaterally delay a general election, Asked you instead, does the president have the authority to unilaterally deny the right to vote to any person based on their race? What would your answer be? Obviously, there are many laws in effect, including the Equal Protection Clause, which prohibits discrimination on the basis of race, including the 15th Amendment, which protects the right to vote against discrimination based on race. Well, of course it would. The 15th Amendment, the right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or any state on account of race. For an originalist and a textualist, that is clear text as I see it. But when asked whether or not the president has any authority to unilaterally deny that right to vote for a person based on race or even gender, are you saying you can't answer that question? Senator, I just referenced the 14th and 15th Amendments, the same one that you just repeated back to me. And I think that I really can't say anything more than I'm not going to answer hypotheticals. It strains originalism. If the clear wording of the Constitution establishes a right and you will not acknowledge it. So then let's take it to uh, the case we've discussed before, Cantor versus Barr. Okay. Your 37-page dissent in this case. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, junior senator from Missouri, in attempt to rehabilitate the witness, asked you, you never say that the right to vote is somewhat secondary or less than any other right. Is that fair to say? And you answered, yes, that is fair to say. I never said that. I have read and reread this. I'm not ready for a question on the final, but I've read and reread your dissent on this. Let's, I think we need to establish what this case is about for those who may not know or remember. Ricky Cantor. Ricky Cantor was a con man, lived in Wisconsin. He manufactured some kind of shoe insert, a pad, and tried to sell it to people who had diabetes or some foot problems. He wanted the Medicare to say that it was approved. They didn't. He sold it anyway and made that representation. When it was all over, it came crashing around him. He cheated Medicare out of $375,000. He was found guilty of a count of mail fraud paid $300,000 in penalties and fines. He paid out $27 million in a civil settlement and then spent a year in federal prison. So this was not some run-of-the-mill miscreant. This was a fellow who was a con artist. He came to the federal courts and said, this is unfair. I've served my year in prison. Now I want to buy a gun. And the law says I can't buy a gun if I'm guilty of a felony. And the court said, sorry, Ricky, you can't buy a gun because you are guilty of a felony. Even the Heller decision, Justice Scalia said that felonies and mental illness could continue to disqualify a person from buying a gun in this country. Two out of three judges who heard this case said, that's right, that's the law. Sorry, Ricky, no AK-47 for your birthday. But then you took a look at it and reached the opposite conclusion and did extensive research and delving into history about whether or not violent felonies should be distinguished from regular felonies. And you concluded uh, that you believed that a person who has just been found guilty or convicted of a felony should not be disqualified from their Second Amendment rights. That that should be confined to those who were dangerous, guilty of a violent felony. Here are your words. In sum, the available evidence suggests that the right to arms differs from rights that depend on civic virtue for enjoyment. The Second Amendment confers an individual right intimately connected with the natural right of self-defense and not limited to civic participation. By the very terms of the civic rights argument then, the right to arms would have been treated differently than things like the right to vote or sit on juries. So here's what it boils down to. After Heller, after the decision, after Scalia's statement, you concluded that any felony can take away your right to vote, 
but only a violent felony can take away your right to purchase an AK-47. Senator, with respect, that's distorting my position. What I said in that case, which is what Heller said and which is conventional in all discussions of this, to my knowledge, is that the voting, the right to vote is fundamental. However, it is a vi- an individual fundamental right that we possess, but we possess it as part of our civic responsibility for the common good. The same thing is true, for example, of jury service. Whereas individual rights, and this is again a distinction that's drawn in case law, individual rights benefit more the individual. And the entire dispute in Heller was that the majority thought that the Second Amendment was an individual right and the dissent thought it was one that was a civic right, that was a right that people possessed, but they possessed for the benefit of society by participation in the militia. And it is a distortion of the case to say that I ever said that voting is a second-class right. That's simply not what that passage means. But the very terms of the civic rights argument, then, the right to arms would have been treated differently than rights like the right to vote. And let's get down to the bottom line here. Heller did establish the individual right. When you finished with your dissent, here's what it came down to say. If you are guilty of a felony that is not violent, you can lose your right to vote. But you can't lose your right to buy a gun. The point that I was making in that passage, the 14th Amendment actually expressly allows for states to deprive felons of the right to vote. And my point was that there was no similar language in the Second Amendment. I'd like to read to you in this very room in 2005 an exchange that took place between Senator Kennedy and Judge Roberts. Senator Kennedy said, let's start with the Voting Rights Act. Most Americans think that the right to vote is among the most important tools that they have to participate in our democracy. You do agree, don't you, Judge Roberts, that the right to vote is a fundamental constitutional right? Judge Roberts says it is preservative. I think of all other rights. Without access to the ballot box, people are not in the position to protect any other rights that are important to them. And so I think it's one, as you said, the most precious rights we have as Americans. Do you understand why I read your lengthy dissent here, where somehow or another you could say to Ricky Cantor, sorry you can't vote anymore, but buy any guns you wish. We treat those rights differently. Can you see why that would be troubling based on what Justice Roberts said? I don't, actually, Senator Durbin. I don't see why it is disturbing. I want to address two comments from two of our brothers and sisters here in our chat room, okay? Because uh, Mr. Brother Michael Rodden says, Democrats are going after the moderate Republican vote. If they go after gun rights, they are going to lose that vote uh, they want to court. This is bad politics on their part. No, this is not going after guns at all. The purpose of this particular interchange is is much more important and it also affects gun owners at some point in time. Here's what they're trying to prove. He is trying to show that having a woman like this on the court, what she is saying, what she has just said, is that you can commit a felony and the state has the right to deny you many different things. Okay, and what he's trying to show is with that denial, even with even make ensuring that the states still have that power to deny you as a felon. In other words, your rights, your, your rights itself can be denied by the state constitutionally according to her. But the one right the state can never take away from you is the right to carry a gun. That is profound. And the, the contrast he wanted to make with what uh, what... Supreme Court Justice Roberts had to say is Roberts says, no, the most important thing, even though he voted against the VBA in a wrong fashion, the most important thing he said, however, is no, voting, voting is representative. In other words, without voting, all everything else is moot. Everything else is moot. And she's saying, no, guns are collective and it helps to, in other words, if somebody tries to hurt you, you can, I mean, it her her methodology is right wing crazy. Now I want to address one other person because we also have that. Uh, let, let's see what he's saying. And Lee Grant says, 
I am amazed that leftists will vilify an accomplished and remarkable woman like ACB, uh, um, Amy Coney Barrett, but will elevate a criminal like George Floyd hero and martyr status. Clearly, we live in clown world. No, wrong. Uh, Floyd is, in fact, a martyr. Because much came, much is going to happen because he was killed. We weren't talking about what kind of guy he was or whatever. His human body was used to electrify a movement to make a whole lot of changes in the country. And that's why he's a hero. What Amy is doing is going to hurt a lot of women. It's going to hurt a lot of people of color. It's going to hurt a lot of people of particular beliefs. Let's be clear here. Uh, I don't care if Floyd was a criminal. I don't care about Floyd's personal history. His history on humanity in America. Floyd's, what Floyd would have done with his death to humanity in America is going to move the lives of millions forward. What Miss Barrett's ascension to the Supreme Court is going to do is destroy the lives of millions of Americans. So again, we're not looking at the outcomes of the individual. Like, I've been very honest about her. She is very intelligent. She is very smart. She is very accomplished. She is a darn good accomplished woman. But what she is going to do to humanity in America is horrendous. Women are likely to lose the control of their own bodies. We don't even know about contraception because she believes contraception begins at the time. Well, you know what I'm saying. So let's be clear here. I understand deep thinking, Brother Grant. Deep thinking. It is what, uh, what she means to the average American citizen and what he means to the average American citizen. And in effect... He is going to do more for the ascension of people in the United States than she is. She is going to hacer uh, diminutivo. She's going to diminish the lives of women. She's going to diminish the lives of the average person. She could not even speak to the vote. Think about that. If she thinks that guns are preeminent to the vote of somebody, what does that tell you? Come on now, let's be real. We have to be real. Michael says, note that I believe, I believe gun ownership should come with responsibilities, training, locking. I believe all of that too, brother. It can list the causes. It short lists if anyone's interested. Go for it. Uh, Gracie Allen says, she's horrid. Uh, the duck that quack says, G, G, uh, Egberto say, uh, Michael Renz, Egberto, moderate conservatives won't agree with your assessment. I don't think so, um, Michael. I think on this one, uh, because they're not talking about gun control, that wasn't the issue here. The issue of the discussion wasn't gun control. The issue of the discussion was how could you accept guns as, uh, uh, to, to, you know, accept somebody buying guns versus somebody not being able to vote. Norman Reynolds said buying an AK-47 for self-defense is not what, uh, let's see, buying an AK-47 for self-defense, ah, I, I scrolled past it, ah. I missed that. For self-defense is not part of the Second Amendment. It's to a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of the free state, the right of the people. Yeah, I know. You know what, Norman? It always gets to me. Like if a, owning a gun can stop an F-16, right? Protex says you can't hold up a gas station with a vote. True. Egberto, after the show, there's a video from Bo of the Fifth Column that I'd like you to check out. I think, it, okay, thank you very much for that. You know, I love the stuff that you bring. Bridge MCP says she's cunning. Masticator says, LOL, SCB is going to destroy millions of lives. You sound like a buffoon. Really? You tell that to a woman who needs to have an abortion. You see what they don't understand, right? Is a woman losing control of her body is an economic, and I am not a woman. And, I, and, when they, and they've, in, they've informed me. Women have informed me, okay? A woman losing complete autonomy to her body is a financial and economic statement on that woman. And women feel free to uh, come in here and tell, enlighten others in the room uh, where I need to be corrected as well. 
But we are imposing, you know, there was a, a question that was asked uh, at that thing. Can you think of any law in America that has any impact on a male's body? Nobody could think of one. But we have so many laws that want to control a woman's body. Unfortunately, with too many women too often being complicit because of their enslavement to a patriarchal system. Okay, uh, I tell you what, guys. I want to go through some of these uh, messages after the two more videos that I have. But before, since we're at thirty, uh, close to 30 minutes after the show, let me do what I normally do here. And that is do our quick uh, or quick plead for membership or click plead for getting our book, etc. So, folks, if you are just joining us, thank you so kindly for a part for being a part of Politics and Right. I want to ask those of you that are on YouTube, please consider becoming members, members of our team, our family. We are a good family right here. Just go ahead and click that join button. If you join within the next few minutes, I can see you in real time. And say, hey, thank you very much for being a part of the family. But to get started, to get started, that book that you see on the screen, for those of you that are watching on the screen, but for those that you're on podcasts, it's my new book written over the last few weeks. It's called It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. Please consider going ahead and get it. Uh, yes, you're, you're the duck that quacks. Your PDR t-shirts have already shipped. He ordered them from uh, YouTube. And they've already shipped. You should have it. When you get it, take a picture. We'll put it on here for you, my brother. Anyway, get my book. As uh, It's worth it. How to, how to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. I just put the link on the screen. Now, again, like I asked those of you that are on YouTube, please go ahead and click that Join button. Become a member. Also... If you're not on YouTube, let's say you are on Facebook, but you want to become a part of that YouTube family, go ahead and go to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. You can also become a member of our Patreon system. You can go to politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. If you want to support us via PayPal, go to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. But don't ever forget that everything you see here, the... The T-shirts, the the what else? The cups, all of that you can get at our store. And you see, this is what our one of our cups look like. We also have cups with like the squad on and all that good stuff. And if you buy the book from the store and not from Amazon, I go to Amazon and buy it. I love that too because you can leave a good comment on the book. But if you decide that you want an autographed copy, you can also buy it from us directly at our store, where we'll have hard copies that I'll send out signed. See, here is the book. It's worth it. And my other book, as I see it, this is a preeminent book on learning about the economic system, and I guarantee you, you'll know quite a bit about it. Yes, I have masks as well. Oh, Egberto, <laughs> please promote your mask, not the cup. Okay, you know, Bridge, I'm not a salesperson. I just do this because we have to do this to make sure that the show can continue. I'll go ahead and, 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 and do the face mask. And folks, here's how to lose weight and be fit. Now, how I did it. Anyway, let's go to the next video. You know, as it turns out, Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz believes he's such a smart guy. And he, so he wants to show his, his mental superiority against these Democrats that are running. And I think he made a big mistake. And I want you to listen to it, and then we'll take it on the other side. One of the things that is clear from this discussion this morning is Democrats and Republicans have fundamentally different visions of the court, of what the Supreme Court is supposed to do, what its function is. Democratic senators view the court as a super legislature, as a policymaking body, as a body that will decree outcomes to the American people. Now, that vision of the court is something found nowhere in the Constitution. Uh, and it's a curious way to want to run a country. Even if on any particular policy issue, you might happen to agree with wherever a majority of the court is on any given day. Who in their right mind would want the United States of America 
ruled by five unelected lawyers wearing black robes. It's hard to think of a less democratic notion than unelected philosopher kings with, with life tenure decreeing rules for 330 million Americans. That is not, in fact, the court's job. The court's job is to decide cases according to the law and to leave policymaking to the elected legislatures. Now, look, that doesn't mean policymaking is unimportant. In fact, it means to the contrary, policymaking is very important. And the people need to have a direct check on policymaking. You know what? If a rogue court implements policies you don't like, you, the American people, have very limited ability to check them. If a rogue Congress implements policies you don't like, you have a direct ability to check us by throwing the bums out and voting them out and voting in new representatives. You know, much of the argument this morning has concerned Obamacare. And they've been policy arguments. They're policy arguments that are actually incurring in the Senate, which is the right place for them to occur, a legislative body. But our Democratic colleagues simply want a, a promise from a judicial nominee that this nominee will work to implement their policy vision of health care. That is not a judge's job. That is not the responsibility of a judge. And in fact, making that promise would be violating the judicial oath. Okay, you, you, you listen to that and it sounds good. He's a great debater, all of that. I wish he was in a debate because there was a perfect answer for that. The whole issue with Amy Coney Barrett is that she is going to go in there and overturn the Affordable Care Act. If we listen to what Ted Cruz is saying, Ted says we need to leave the policy making to the elected people because if it's left to the elected people, if the people don't like the policy that was executed, they'll vote the bombs out. That is perfect, Brother Cruz. You are absolutely right. But what is it that they want Amy Coney Barrett in the house to do. They want her to go there and invalidate policy created by the body elected by the people who say they continue to want the Affordable Care Act. So it is directly opposed to what he said. And the, 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 the reason it is such a foolish move on his part is that if that if he had let the statement stand alone without bringing in the Affordable Care Act, it would make sense, right? Yeah, we'll still say it's hypocritical because they want this judge in there to, to go ahead and kill the Affordable Care Act. We could say that, but he didn't say that. He, he wouldn't have said that. But here he said, we want, we want the policy left to the Congress. But for the Affordable Care Act, we want them to overturn the Affordable Care Act, which was policy created by Congress, but above and beyond that, which Americans say, we don't want this overturned. So how do you square the two? It, I mean, it would have been great if this was a one-to-one -one debate, right? Because immediately thereafter, he would have been shown to be the charlatan that he is. Because that is all he is. Empty airspace. Now, Michael says, yes, he's a good debater. He's a good debater for those who don't debate. But he's a very bad debater because most of the sides that he debate on are unconscionable. And that is what we have to really put out there. We, can't, we have to stop giving kudos to these people who are undeserving. There are, there are smart people that are on the other side, like Justice Scalia. Scalia was a smart dude. In fact... Scalia is partially responsible, nobody likes to say it, for getting the, the Equal Marriage Act when you take a look at the, the, the way he wrote the dissent. Said, all they have to do is this, this, and that, and suddenly you've said, legal for same-sex marriage, which was the right choice, which was the right decision. Anyhow, let's go ahead and bring Tamara Shealy on. Let us learn a little bit about... How the race is going in Georgia. I hadn't spoken to her in a while. Troy Astro, welcome aboard. Haven't seen you in a couple of days. Uh, let's see if I missed anybody in between before I run to the show. 
If I do, just drop me another message and I'll call you. Nanette Bird Smith, welcome aboard. I don't think I call. Roberto Luis, mi hermano de Panama, welcome aboard, brother. And I think Masticator, welcome aboard. Dick Santiago, welcome aboard. The main problem they have with AOC is that she is an intelligent Puerto Rican woman. Yes, we know that. Okay, here's Tamara Shili. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Rana. McBerto Will is your host. Thank you so kindly for being with us. Today, we are honored again to meet with our regular on regular person, <laughs> Tamara Shealy. Tamara, how are you doing this morning? I'm wonderful. How are you, sir? Well, you notice your introduction was the on regular, regular, or the regular on regular? Yes, and that's why I'm laughing at you. <laughs> well, actually, there's a reason for that. You've been campaigning throughout the state of Georgia in a contested election. I think they call that, what kind of election do they call the one that you're in? It's a special election. It's a jungle primary here in Georgia. It's a jungle primary that includes people from every party trying to get a piece of the action. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I see there are some numbers that are going around. Before we get started, it's amazing that uh, Biden is actually leading by five or six points in Georgia. Is that I don't, me? I don't, I don't know. You know, I, I'm not one to follow polls. I, I really don't like polls because I've mm. never been polled. So, you know, for them to, to come up with these, you know, this, this overview that he's leading, I, I'm telling you, I traveled around the great state of Georgia. And when I tell you, I have never seen so many Trump signs. And every time I saw him, I hit the gas. <laughs> well i don't know if i believe that and you know well i, I, I think I, I i'm a i'm a i i believe the polls but what's interesting is that um yeah that, i'm going to tell you something in politics is that signs don't mean all that much you know but anyhow how is your race going so far so good you know it's, it's starting to heat up mm -hmm. so there's 21 candidates in this race we have democrats republicans independents libertarian, write-ins, you know, we got all kinds of stuff in this race. And I think it's a great race to be in, you know, 21 candidates. It's a, it's a, can, it's a candidate in this race for everybody. Right now, I notice I've been following a lot of your videos. You've been going around talking to people throughout Georgia. What have you learned about your state? Mm, how underserved so many of my communities are. Traveling around South Georgia, uh, it's, it's, it's real disheartening because the further away you get from the metro areas like Atlanta, Macon, you know, as you start to get deeper and deeper into South Georgia, there's limited access to, to the internet, you know, to something, a basic necessity, you know, that's where we live now is in, in, in this virtual world. And for these communities to not have access to the internet and, and, and even cell phone service in some of these areas is really choppy. So just the access to our rural communities it's, it's disheartening. I went into Talbot, Talbot County, and they don't even have a they don't have a hospital. They don't have a grocery store, Egberto. How can an entire county not have a grocery store, a hospital? They have to go to neighboring county counties for, for to eat and for and for services. And you know, you know what is uh, very interesting. What is very interesting is that um, when you look at when you look at that. When you look at that reality, what happens is political parties can take advantage of that, whether in a good form or a bad form. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing is, I think uh, Trump and his cabal are able to say to those people that you're seeing, who you know the policies that you support are better in line with giving them access to success, giving them access to healthcare, giving them access to grocery stores, et cetera. You actually know that those same people or most of them that you're going through, I imagine are not necessarily fond of, let's say the left side of the aisle. Yeah, you know, some of these communities, you know, they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot, I, I guess, you know, but, but now you spoke. You've spoken to a lot of these people. Uh, to what do you? What is it that is missing for the average politician out there to go out and and really set, you know, let these people know what's really causing their angst, what's really causing the conditions that they're in? Again, 
I'm asking you this because you are all over the state and a lot of politicians don't get a chance to do that. They stay in their cities where they hear the bulk of the votes. And that's why all those rural people are just left open because, you know, they're open for whoever tells them what they want to hear. Yeah. You know, and I'm just, you know, going into these rural areas, they were, I've, I've never, I felt so welcome, you know, going into these areas because so few politicians do travel into these remote areas, into these places where you might, you might get 25 votes, but those 25 voices mean something to me, you know, and I, and I hear them. So, you know, I felt so welcome and, and they were, you know, they, they talked about how things need to change. You know, a lot of these areas, they don't have jobs. You know, they don't have a, they don't have a whole lot of opportunities. They don't even have a whole lot of hope, as they were told. Now, one of the questions is people would always ask, why do they stay there? Is it that they don't have the ability to leave? Why do they stay and not, let's say, go where, where there's more opportunity? That's home. And home is where your heart is. So you're asking people to leave their homes and their families and all that they know. You know, that's, that's a hard ask. And, and we, we have to just provide these services that they need. Like I said, in Talbot County, you know, not having a grocery store. You know, there's people that live there. It doesn't have to be a major change, but I mean, we could have some grocery stores in this area. And I think this is where politicians should be sure to, to bring those businesses and, and, and work to bring business and jobs and opportunities to these areas. It's just, it's so disheartening as you travel, as, as I traveled in these, like I said, these remote areas to see these people that love where they live and they want to stay where they are. They just want access to resources like the rest of the state. Now, interestingly, the, the uh, politicians have all these kinds of things that they do, resource zones or, or, or all these kind of enhanced zones that they would create. But somehow that never percolates all the way down to the rural areas. And even the people who these, these people in rural areas generally support don't seem to um, have any interest in providing them other anything other than saying be mad at those people out there in the cities who are getting everything yeah yeah we just have a lot of work to do egberto <laughs> georgia i'm that's why i'm glad to be running i'm glad that i'm on this ballot um you know kelly leffler has to go i mean she she doesn't she doesn't know georgia you know I, i'm i'm georgia grown you know i'm georgia bred i'm i'm, I'm georgia you know I've, i grew up in the country I lived in the city and now I live in an even bigger city. So I know Georgia and, I, and I'm able to relate and I'm able to hear, you know, Georgians in a, diff, you know, in a different way. Kelly doesn't get this at all. She really doesn't. Now, uh, based, on, based on what you're seeing now, we know locally what really has to get done. There's a whole lot of candidates running. There's just three candidates in your particular race that uh, you, would, you, you would think it's only three candidates running in your race based on what you see in the news mm -hmm. uh, I, I saw a couple of things that you said uh, where your the people that are voting for you said I am voting for you because I read or I'm voting for you because I did my homework mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah you know big money big money buys media you know and this is why what you're doing Egberto is so important why what we do David and I every Saturday at 11 a.m. here in Georgia with our broadcast is because we have to have real voices. You know, if you can buy the media, you can pay, you, you're, you're buying the narrative, you're, you're, you're sucking all the air out of the room. So yeah, it looks like there's three candidates, but there's eight quote unquote Democrats in this race. Actually two of them, Egberto, out, it's eight in number, but really it's six because two of them, we don't know who they are. So really it's six viable candidates in this race. And the others are probably there to make sure the numbers are split which is yeah. which is a standard technique everybody um uh i mean actually it's usually done on the right side of the aisle now um what do you think about the current election in general <laughs> you know i'm i'm watching i'm still you know i, I want joe and kamala to, to, to come down and, and get it right with, with georgians uh, i want them to, to come down and get it right with, with black people um so i'm still watching I'm still watching. I haven't voted yet, but of course I will be. Um, early voting I know you will started. be voting. <laughs> yes, yes. Early voting just started here um, in, in Georgia on Monday, so I will be voting. Um, but I'm, I'm just, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Now, I covered uh, what's going on in, in Georgia. I think it's, uh, what's, that, the big, what's a big county? Um, 
not, the biggest county that I think Atlanta is a foreign. Fulton, Gwinnett, DeKalb. DeKalb. And I mean, the lines were ridiculous. I mean, some, there, there are some people who stayed 11 hours in the line to actually vote. That should happen nowhere in America, and you have to sit down and wonder why. But then again, I think we know why, right? Yeah, Georgia. Yeah, voter suppression is 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 real. Like it, 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 this is how Georgia plays the game, and we know it. Um, I'm hopeful that people will at least, you know, if you can't stand in that line and you don't want to stand in that line, get your ballots mailed to you. There's drop boxes at these polling locations, so get your ballot mailed to you, fill it out, and drop it off at the polling location. I mean. Those lines, I, I actually went out um, the morning of, of Monday morning, and I literally saw a line that was at least a mile long. Right. That means that that was one of those 11-hour lines. It, it is, it is kind of crazy that uh, we like to preach democracy and voting, and we make it so much so difficult for people to vote in certain areas. Let's be clear now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's only- I don't anticipate waiting up here where I live at all. You, you will be able to walk in and vote. I think that should be criminal. Now, uh, today I'm going to be playing a, a video of the, the SCOTUS hearing, the uh, Supreme Court uh, justice hearing on, uh, that's occurring in the Senate right now. And it's interesting because what you see is that this judge, she looks meek. She looks uh, innocent. She looks like uh, somebody with compassion. She has uh, seven, uh, six five kids of her own and two black kids that she adopted from Haiti. And, you know, uh, you know, so she, she has this uh, perfil, this profile that um, gives the impression that she's well-rounded and that she would be an empathetic type judge. And when you hear the words come out of her mouth, would you know that she supported that a felon, she would refuse to accept that a felon who has paid their price should have their right to vote restored. But a felon can get a gun. It is almost like Texas. You go to school and you get an ID to, to go to school, state-issued ID. You can't use that to vote. But if you go get a state-issued ID to own a gun, you can vote. This is America. <laughs> Welcome to America. Welcome to America. So uh, tell, me, uh, tell me a little bit something about uh, what are your plans going forward before we, before, uh, we close this out? So, yeah, I'm hopeful to. I, I wasn't going to do any more like hard travel because I've been trying to be very strategic with these last 20 days, but I got an opportunity to do some really get back out there and hit the road uh, hard one more time. So um, maybe by this weekend, we're, we're trying to work out the logistics. I may be hitting that trail hard all over again. So be on the lookout, uh, Georgia. I'm, I'm still here. I'm still running. Um, there's 21 candidates in this race, and I am your candidate for the United States Senate. I hope when you see those miles a, a few uh, thousand feet long, you have your paperwork ready to give these people because while you can't do it 100 meters before the in front of the thing, you sure given that the lines are so long. Start at the end, right? Work my way up. Well, you know, start 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 a mile back and work your way up and say, "Hey, they don't want this, but this is what we need to get done." Anyhow, tell us a little bit about your show and what you're going to cover this weekend. Awesome. Yeah. So David and I will be talking to as you, you were talking about a felon. Um, a gentleman who was, was, they locked him up and threw away the key. Um, so we'll be talking to him on this Saturday about his time and, and how he was able to get out and, and what that was like for him and he and his wife. Um, so that is this Saturday. You can find us every Saturday at 11 a.m. David and I, uh, as we lend our broadcast to issues and, that affect Georgians and, and affect us around the nation. Tamara Sheely, candidate for senator in georgia actually you guys are going to give us two new senators mm-hmm. and so far it seems like there may be two new democratic senators so have a good one thank you so kindly for having been on politics and right tamara thank you sir we spend a lot of time de- Hey, uh, guys, I just did a boo-boo and did a refresh, so I lost a whole lot of our, um, 
I lost a whole lot of the messages that I'm going to go try to re- get. Now I'm going to have to go to each individual platform to find messages. So bear with me a second. As I do that, my boo-boo, I did a refresh that I should not have done. You know, every now and then I screw up like that. So bear with me. Okay, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm, I think a lot of these things kind of went through, uh, were, were transported to uh, YouTube as well. So I can probably go into the YouTube feed and see all of those, which it seems like I can do. Anyhow, I saw some messages that I wanted to reply. First of all, yes, uh, Bridge MCP, she has uh, two black children that were uh, adopted from Haiti. So she adopted these two kids from Haiti. That's why she has two black children. And uh, I, I wrote a piece yesterday, and maybe I should put that on the screen, uh, as to why I considered her very dangerous. And what I'm going to do here is I'm going to go ahead and let's see. If you're talking about ACP, they're adopted. Yes, they're adopted, Nanette Birdsmith. Uh, let's see. Let me go to my Facebook page. Because I, it was also in my newsletter today that, that I wrote this. Because I think it's important for us to understand uh, how, how meek and nice she, she looks like she's okay. But here is the deal. Uh, para ver, para ver, déjame encontrarlo. What I said was simply this. And my God, people went crazy. I said, listening to Senator Booker's interview with Judge Amy Comey Barrett has changed my opinion of her. At first, her two Haitian kids' adoption gave me the impression that she would have some modicum of social, racial, judicial, and gender empathy. I am now sure of three things. Her two black kids will grow up in an alternate reality that will hurt them psychologically when America's reality falls upon them. Her answers on race showed she is made in Trump's mold. LGBTQ people must really be concerned. She used the term implying implying gayness is a choice. Anytime you hear those key words, you know where they're coming from. Then she still over she, uh, she will overturn the ACA and she told you how she's going to do it when she implied that she's going to have to start determining severability. We don't have to sit down and determine severability. Why? Because it's been running with a zero tax for the longest time get from the from Trump came into office and the and the, and it continues to function. So severability is not uh, it's not an option. The mere fact that she brought that up means that they will institute that as an option, which make everything that Ted Cruz says ridiculous. Anyhow, um, Barrett, let's see. Uh, I then continued. Barrett's noncommittal nature of answering questions and her statements clarifies the court's tilt, which will be detrimental. She could not even commit to recusing from a disputed election. But remember, there won't be one as we will win in a landslide. Nor could she say that the president could not change the date of the election. This aberration must be remedied. Options we will discuss after the election. We cannot allow the constant theft of our democracy to continue. Vote, vote, vote. Vote in person. If you can, as early as you can. If you can go to the grocery store, you can stand in line to vote. But if you cannot vote in person, do vote by mail. Make sure to follow all the rules to ensure your vote will count. Ask to help Ask for help from someone you trust. Many right-wing fraudsters are attempting to fool you and corrupt the vote. And they're trying to do that in many different forms. So uh, this is a time when we all have to be responsible with our votes. We have to be responsible with going to vote. So let me answer those new messages that came in. Then I'll look for the old ones. John uh, Crozen says, such a waste of time. Same as dumps impeachment. Uh, yes, it was, but I think here's why it's not a waste of time, though, John, in my humble opinion. What I think is they are using that platform to tell Americans about what's going on that the media isn't necessarily covering. So they are really hitting up Americans on what's going on in healthcare, what's going on with the pandemic. They're using their time to create all this narrative that otherwise would be just a whole lot of chatter, chatter on cable news. So I think. It has added a level of focus to what Americans are voting for, in my humble opinion, that is. Uh, Bridget says Amy Covey Barrett uses to say whether she is person. <laughs> this I got to read this correctly. Amy Coney Barrett refuses to say whether she is person, woman, man, camera, or TV. Remember that test that Donald Trump proved he didn't have a stroke? 
or maybe that if he had a stroke, he was still functioning. Okay. Oh, I thought they were me- being in for no, no, no. That I get, I get that. Okay, let's see. Uh, uh, Paul Fleming says, uh, "If all depends on the country, county you love live in, I'm in Paulding County, and our Lions had seats when you get close and covering to to keep you out of the sun and rain. That's nice." YouTube limits FB to 200 characters. I didn't realize that, but thank you for informing us on that. Uh, Paul Fleming says, I've stayed in Cobb for 30 to, uh, of my 32 years in Georgia. I hear you, buddy. I hear you. Okay, let's see if I have anything here else that I can say before I leave. I feel so guilty for having lost so many. I haven't lost the messages, right? They're, they're there. It's just that I can't get to them easily. So forgive me for that. Perdóname por eso. And I promise to try not to hit that refresh button the next time because uh, I get I miss out on all those great comments in real time that you guys that you guys give. Let's see if I can get to it though. I want to get to some of them because there are some of them that I saw. I'm like, I need to answer that one. I need to answer that one. Okay, let's see. I'm, I, I am going through the list here. Let's see. The woman is... Okay, from... Uh, what's her name? Deborah John. The woman is dangerous. And you asked in a... In a, in a I re- recall when I was reading that you asked, what can you do? Let me tell everybody. This is not a time to panic. This is not a time for fear. This is a time to go out there and vote. Period. We should be singularly focused on voting in droves. That's the first thing we got to do. Singularly focused to vote in droves. Numero uno. Secondly, uh, secondly, what we have to do is talk to, encourage, get people out there with us. That's how we multiply what's going on. Okay? We have to do that. After we've gotten the vote, there is then going to be a new realignment. And let me explain this realignment. I'm going a minute over because I need to explain this. This landslide is going to occur because we are going to get a whole lot of Republican votes as well. And Republicans that are going to help in this landslide are going to want their piece of cake as well, justifiably. I am an honest person. I'm a fair person. Everybody that assists in the win must get it. But ultimately, this will be a progressive win. And how do we make this a progressive win? Because it's going to be a progressive tilt that won the election. And we have to make sure to run, make sure that the establishment of the Democratic Party does not keep that permanent ear that it has always had for the center and center right, meaning the moderate Republican. Because our center Democrats are not anything other than moderate Republicans. But first, we must singularly focus on voting and winning the vote. We will make the sausage after the vote is done. And that's why it is so important for us to continue this here. When I tell you guys, this isn't the end. When I tell you guys, we are just beginning. This has just started. This has just started. So what I want you guys to know is please support us now. Please go to our YouTube button and click join. Please join our family now. If you're not on YouTube, you can join our YouTube family. There are some special things YouTube afford us to do that I why I want more members on YouTube. So please go to, I'm giving you the YouTube link to become a member on YouTube. That is the YouTube link that I've just put out there to become a member on YouTube. I asked you thee so kindly to become a member. Alternatively, you can, you can help our program by supporting us on PayPal. And I've just included the PayPal link. And likewise, you can help us on Patreon. I've just included the Patreon link. And please visit our store. I've just included our store link, which is politicsdoneright.com slash store. And please consider getting my book. I tell you, there's a whole lot more than just talking to your neighbors and your family. 
there's a whole lot of stuff that we as progressives, those of us that are progressives need to know, those of us that are conservatives, I would like you to read that book. And there's a good chance that many of you are going to say, you know what, I agree with that as well. So please become a part of the family. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.